And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 110 today. Your host, C.J. Savaro, joined alongside me, Commissioner Brandon Kurtzman. Kurtzman, how are we doing today, brother? I'm good, man. Uh, you told me we were going to grind out some films, so I'm excited to talk about these games. Um, My father is not on the podcast tonight. He's sleeping, knocked out. I don't think he wakes up and revives himself for this one. Um, he is He's definitely knocked. So just me and Kurtzman tonight, um, big week of the league. Uh, Kurtz, do you have any news or notes before we get into the games here? Um, no. All right. Yeah, honestly, let's jump right into it. Then. Not, not a lot to say before before the recap of these games here. Um, all the film is out, right? Uh, yeah, all but one. Nice. All right. Oilers against football team. Uh, I'll start, Kurtz. I thought Tommy looked really good in this one. And we talked before we did the podcast. Um, even though they lost this game, the Oilers, uh, we're still a little disappointed in the attendance. Talked about that a little bit too before we got on the podcast. The Oilers, I know they win this game 40 to 38, but I'm watching the film and I'm just like, it's not a lot of the guys on their team. A lot of their playmakers, like, yeah, I know Dylan played for them, had a really good game. Drock looked good. Drock's always going to look good. But um, 40 to 38. Giving up 38 points is a little concerning to me. And if you're giving up 38 points and a few guys on your team aren't there, I'm, I'm worried about, you know, the cohesiveness and uh, commitment. And I'm worried. I'm definitely worried about them as a top team in the league because early on in the season, a lot of us said uh, that they could possibly be the best team in the league right there with the Rams and the Ravens was probably like people's top three for the most part. And we, I feel like it's just been a little bit since we've seen this Oilers team play. And I know they win the game. They give up 38 points with a lot of different people on their team to the football team, who obviously has Tommy reigning offense part of the year, but they haven't won a game yet. Uh, Kurtz, how do you feel about this one? Um, I honestly felt like the Oilers were con- in control in this game. At one point, they were up 28 to 12 and kind of rolling. Um, I think they kind of took their foot off the pedal and kind of allowed Washington to get going and Tommy to get going with Tim, who had a monster game in this one. Um, I, I it, it's it's interesting because they're four and one. The only loss being an, um a forfeit loss where yeah. so you can honestly say that they're undefeated in games that they show up to. Um, but I don't like the the trage- trajectory of the team. That's I what I was that, trying to get at. Yeah, we always think that we always know the Jarks going to show up and put on put up the offensive numbers for the most part. But um, becoming a team in this league matters, and they don't have the team element to them right now. They're not a complete team. They don't have complete teams show up most weeks. Um, they need to get back on track in terms of becoming a team because the team who becomes a team, and I know I keep saying the word team, but it's the truth. You have to become a team to win this this league. It happens every season, um, and I don't see it right now. I know they're four and one, but that it, they're a team that I could possibly see looking at a potential um, upset alert team in the playoffs because the other team is riding a high while the Whalers just never put it together and never figure it out with their full team there. As for the football team, they never, they, they, uh, they never quit. Tommy never quits. I'd go to war with Tommy any day of the week. Cause even when he's down by two plus scores, he's out there, no huddle offense, getting the team up to the line. They're moving the football and credit or not, they put themselves in a chance to tie this game. They had a two-point conversion opportunity with uh, under 20 seconds left in the game to tie the game. They just felt they fell play short, but Tommy was masterful in this one. He threw for 306 yards. Jesus Christ. 
yeah, Jesus Christ is right. Tim Howard caught 170 of those yards. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, they they were moving the ball up and down the field. Tommy had 381 all purpose. Like they were they were marching up and down the field on offense. They just couldn't they, they got stopped on the one yard line two times early in this game and on two separate drives. And it kind of it, it, it really ended up being the, the, the deciding factor in this game because they could have put up a 50 spot. So I'm a little suspect of the Oilers defense, but I also like what I see out of the Washington offense. Uh, they have a favorable schedule the last three games of the season. I know Tommy doesn't think he's out of it. I talked to him today. He thinks they could easily win all three of their next three games if the team shows up and they're able to do play how they want to play. And that's a fast paced game, high scoring, um, get the points on the board. So I'm not, I, I know it's weird to say I'm not worried about own five team, but I think if they just show up, they could be really good. Yeah. Um, you were definitely high on them when we definitely, when we talked about the game, you were, you know, like you, like Tommy said, you kind of felt the same way that their next three games are definitely winnable for them. And you think they could possibly still be a playoff team. I think you said you'd bet on it then being a playoff team, right? I did right before I said I'd bet on Washington making the playoffs. I just think there's um there's a lot of room for the teams that aren't in to get themselves in position to win. There's still three weeks left, and a lot of the lower seeded teams are pretty sure play each other. So anything can happen. It's it's bear down for it's bear down. We've seen crazier things happen in this league on the final weeks of the season. Yeah. Shout out to Drop for coming and getting a win, but um, we're definitely liking the trajectory of the football team here. You have yeah. stats on this one, Kurtz? Yep, I have stats on every single game except for the Saints versus the Steelers. Okay. Um, Tommy Galante was 20 of 31 for 306 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Also rushed 11 times for 75 yards and a touchdown. Had two pass breakups and three tackles on defense. Complete game for Tommy Galante. Um, Giuseppe had a catch for 11 yards. Um, Matt Hughes had three catches for 43 yards and a touchdown for him in as a sub. Tim Howard had nine catches for 170 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, Remy had two catches for 43 yards and a sack and a pass breakup. And Hader Abbas had four catches for 30 yards and a touchdown as a sub. As for the Oilers, Gerard was 10 of 20, 178 yards and four touchdowns. Also rushed eight times for 126 yards and two touchdowns. Had five tackles and three pass breakups. Dylan Shere as a sub had three catches, 108 yards and three touchdowns. Also had a pass breakup on the last play of the game. Wiz had one catch for 14 yards and a sack. Abdul Sakar had three catches for 26 yards. Three catches, 26 yards and a touchdown. Also had an interception and a pass breakup. And Devin Spann caught two 10-yard conversions. Um, and Ryan Oshbar had a catch for 10 yards and three tackles. Uh, let's go to the next game here. Seahawks versus Cowboys. Uh, Chris, when Chris told me that he, he was a big fan of James this week because he silently ate. <laughs> Said he wasn't talking a lot of shit this week, but pulled okay. it out. Um, closed game. We talked about it possibly being a trap game for the Seahawks. Um, you told me that before we started the podcast that Mark Kokoda is leading the league in touchdowns. Yes. Shout out to Mark. That's huge. Um, Kurtzman, how do you feel about this game? Um, I said it on the last podcast that the Seahawks are playing close game after close game after close game, and how many times are you going to keep winning the close game? Well, uh, right after the game, James screams, hey, they're going to keep winning the close game, yelling at me on the sidelines. But um, it's all, he, they, they are just a great team, man. Offensive line, defensive line. They, gotta, they have a guy to fill every single role on the team. Um, it's a good group of guys. They are definitely a team. 
I like the way they're they're rolling. They're five and zero. Oh. They've looked good in every game. James has looked good in all but one game, I think, in my opinion. Um, he's really found his stride. He made a really nice throw in this game to Kokoda for the first touchdown on a nice little corner route to the back of the end zone. I think he he's pretty. I mean, he still shot puts the football. And it still looks ugly when it comes out, but it gets to the spot. And I'm give I give him a lot of credit, man. He's coming to the league and five and zero. Oh. And that's not, and he's learning how to play quarterback. And he, you know, he's definitely learning how to play quarterback and lead a team. And he he he's got it right now. I this team is rolling, and I am excited to see how far he can go in the playoffs. Because one of the big things about this, like I said, becoming a team, another thing is just game planning and being prepared for what's going to happen and what the other team's going to throw at you. And normally, the more prepared team wins the game. And James is prepared every week. They, I know they, they communicate throughout the week what they want to do, and it is working. Whatever they're doing is working. And the guys believe in James, and they, they play for him. And uh, he's, got, he's, got, he's got to have the league believe him by now. Is he in the MVP conversation? I mean, um, there's a lot. He, I would say he's def, the stats are, are honestly there. Yeah. But record. Record is there also, but I think his stats are honestly like behind like the Jirocs, the Leotas, and the IBs, mm. who are all also four and one slash three and two. So like, it's not like the other guys aren't. I, I think I think James is probably in like that three four spot because his stats are a little bit worse than theirs. I'm not like a hundred percent certain on this, but his name definitely has to be in there. He's the quarterback of the number one ranked team in the standings and the only undefeated team left in the league. He's got a he's got a he's got a um a tough three game schedule to end the season. It would be very impressive to see them get to, to eight and zero. If they get to eight and zero, finishing out here, I think. You know how I felt about Joe Piscopo last season. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's going to be interesting. Let's see how they let's see how they go about and winning it. They put up a lot of points in most of their games. I'm pretty sure outside of that week two game against the Packers, where they won fourteen to twelve. I'm pretty sure they put up over twenty points in every single game. Um, so it's definitely happening on both sides of the ball. They got a really good team. Let's talk about the Cowboys. Though. Yeah, I say as for the Cowboys. Um, yeah, as for the Cowboys, uh, this was their best performance. I know they only put up 18 points, but they did it again. They were they went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. And for a team that's 0-4 and, and their season was kind of riding on the line, they honestly stepped up to the occasion. They lost this game 20-18, to but – they put themselves in a position to win. They took an 18 to 13 lead with like 40 seconds to go. But then they, the next, the first play of the next drive, Wick throws a little dump off to Kokoda and he takes it to the house. So it was a go miss flag grabs, but it's frustrating because I, I thought Dexter was really about to pull this one out and the Cowboys were about to get this win. I thought Dexter played a good game. I thought um, he had two touchdowns at the, uh, the Bernier brother caught the ball, but he was out of bounds. And he had some drops. Mm. And I'm not I'm not calling out anybody. It's a team win, team loss. But Dexter, Dexter really wanted this one. He he said, he said to me before the game that no matter what happens in this game, if we lose, I'm gonna blame myself. And after the game, I told him, I said, You cannot blame yourself for this one. I thought he played great. I thought the defense of the Cowboys played great. Christian Dexter, uh lineman, absolute beast, uh offensive and defensive line wise. Uh, Dan Cardona, absolute beast, but good to have him back. He had a couple sacks, a couple big plays, um, protecting Dexter's blind side. Um, they just can't find the win. 
Yeah, I think, like, I think like they come in. Is it gonna come? I mean, I think it is going to come eventually. They they play against um, I think they have the Rams this week, but they get the football team and somebody else that isn't high in the standings in the last two weeks. So, um, I think a win is going to come for them. I don't know where it's going to come, but I do, I do think this team is way too good to not and talented to not get a win at least on the season. Yeah, it's just you're, you're running out of time. No, I'm definitely running out of time. I've definitely been saying this for a few weeks now. Um, but I think they it, it sucks because they've lost by they lost by two this week. They lost by one to the Packers. They lost by um they lost by a score to the Steelers. It just they just haven't been able to put it together. They've been in every, the last three games. So I think they're 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 a team that even though they're heading in the right direction, it might not matter. But I hope they keep playing. They still they have still have a chance at the playoffs like the 10 seed right now is only two and three. There's an 11 seed at with one win. So it's, it's, it's a jump. It's a, it's a, the bunch is there for the, the bad teams to come back and hopefully get some wins on the board and cause some havoc in the league. Yeah. Um, huge win for the Seahawks. You know, they keep that undefeated uh, season dream alive. They're the last remaining undefeated team. So um, if there's going to be a team that, that becomes the first team in bear down history, maybe it's them. Maybe it's them that gets the job done here. Goes eight and zero. Um, tough, like you said, big test right here. Last three weeks of the season for them. Um, good win, you know. You never, never. You're supposed to handle your business. You go out there and you beat a team like the Cowboys. Yes, I understand the winless, but like you said, you know, a lot of teams. I've we've seen teams in this league, Kurtz. They get down like late in the game. You know, the underdog takes the lead and they kind of fold under pressure. And James responded. So, and the Seahawks responded, I should say. So, um, huge win for them. Good game for the Cowboys, but that first win has to come. You got stats? Yeah. Dan Dexter was 14 to 25, 126 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Also had eight rushes for 108 yards. Lebo had a catch for three yards and two sacks. Dan Cardona had two sacks. Um, Jair had a catch for six yards. Mikel had three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown. Christian Dexter had four catches for 20 yards and a touchdown and a sack. Dev had two catches for 40 yards and also had an interception and a pass breakup. Matt Green had two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. And Mohamed Tariq had a catch for three yards. As for the Seahawks, James Whitcock was 10 of 15 for 155 yards, three touchdowns and two picks. Also rushed five times for 78 yards and finished with two tackles. Um, Coburn had a sack. Bryce had five catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Mark Dakota had three catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. Uh, also had an interception and a pass breakup. Chris Walton had a catch for 17 yards and two tackles. Uh, Steve Drew had a catch and also had a pass breakup. And Ibrahim had three tackles. Is Kokoda a defensive player of the year nominee? Um, I honestly don't know. I haven't looked. I didn't like look at the stats. Yet. I feel like his numbers would say so. Yeah, his numbers are probably up there. I'll do them while you're talking about the next game for a little bit. All right. Let's go. Oh, I did. I'll tell you right now. He's first in interceptions. Tied for second in pass breakups. Interesting. Yeah, definitely interesting to say the least. All right, let's go to your game. Bucks Bengals. Big Bucks. win for the Bucks. You mean Bucks Bears? Bucks. What did I say? Bengals. Bucks Bears. Excuse me. Bucks Bears. Bucks Bears. Big win for for the Bucks here. Um, yeah. this is the first time you're you're. You're under 500. This is the latest into the season you've ever been under 500, correct? Yes. Uh, give the Bucks their praise first before you kill uh, before you kill your team. 
Okay. Um, the Bucks played really well. Uh, they had really good line play. They gave Mikey a lot of time to throw. Um, our four-man rush wasn't getting there. Don't really know how that's possible with them only using three blockers, but that's for the film to tell me. Um, Mikey looked. Mikey was pretty good. He had an interception early, but other than that, he honestly was pretty good. He had a pick six also. Um, he mixed in the run. I think they ran the ball four or five times, like design runs, not with Mikey. So they mixed it up well, and I thought they kept us on our heels. They rushed the passer well. I felt like I was under pressure a good amount of the day, and they made life difficult for me on the on the offensive end. We moved the ball well on two possess- two or three possessions the entire game. Um, inconsistent offensive line play for us and just offensive play by me. And defensively, we don't pull flags well, and we don't get after the quarterback well, and that those are problems that are going to affect any team. Is this, a, is this a game where you think the Bucks look at this, they take you down, take your team down after two straight wins, and they say, all right, now we're, we're going to get rolling here, we're going to get on track? If Mikey wasn't going to be on vacation this Sunday, then I would oh my god! But they will be. This playing. was this was without Spo too, correct? Yeah, this was without Spo. Mm, who's playing quarterback uh, for them? I think Spo is okay. Um, they're playing against the Saints, so it should be an interesting game. But anyway, um, no, but I do think the Bucks are heading in the right direction. The team is well bought in. It looks like they all got their roles kind of down and know what they want to know. What, Mikey knows what he wants to do with each of his players. He got Melvin Molina involved in this game. He had a, he had a, a long rushing touchdown in this one late in the game. Um, Mikey looked pretty good. I can't lie. He, uh, he made a lot of plays. He used his feet and uh, there was a lot of lollipops sometimes, but they got there enough times to beat us. So we don't look good right now. I thought we were kind of getting rolling up to two straight wins. Big went over the Bengals, who were previously undefeated before that game. But um, we got to get back in the lab and figure out what's wrong. Are you off of your team now? No, I just think we need more energy from the start. I think we need Mork to be there, honestly. I think he's a key team, a key part to that energy component, as well as just being a, a big body on both lines and being able to make plays and a smart guy out there. So um, we missed Mork this week for sure. I need to play a lot better. And as a team, we just need to play better and need to figure out. I still need to figure out how to use my team. I haven't figured out the way to maximize all my guys yet. Yeah, just um, I think we all picked you on the podcast too. Yeah. And shout out to the shout out to the Bucks and uh, Mikey for getting it done against you guys in a game without Spo. So big win for them. Um, Danny was a menace in this one. He finished with three sacks. He he was. He was all over me. He was going against Dom a lot of the day because my offensive line was depleted, and uh, he made us pack for sure. I don't know how to feel about your team. Me neither. I don't know how to feel about you. I don't know either. I think I feel like I feel like you're just a wild card. You might be the wild card of the week. Like if you if your team could play well on any given week, and you could also just lay an egg. Like I think that we're a team that like you're kind of just like what do you? It's like yeah, you just like what do you expect for like each week? It's anyway which Bears team shows up. Yeah. Um. I think we're a sneaky team that if we get into the playing game, we could make a little bit of a run, but we're the 10 seed right now. I'm pretty sure. So we got some work cut out for us, especially because I do go on vacation the last week of the season. So um, it would suck to be in a win and in situation. And I'm not there. So we're going to try over the next two weeks to get it to the point where that's not the case. That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. That would be very interesting. 
it would be interesting to see what happens. But uh, no, we're not going to get into the future. All I know is that the Bucks definitely deserve this win. They played better than us. Yep. And they got the job done. Happy for them. They get the two and three on the season. Um, Anyone else you wanted to shout out on this game from the opposing team? Um, Paul Carter, I thought, played well. He had six tackles in this game. I'll read the stats at the end, but yeah, uh, I thought Rags was pretty good on the line. And I already said about Melvin Molina. Zach Shray caught two touchdowns. Free Zach um, Yeah, free Zach Shray. Um, no spo, no problem. Yeah, no, honestly, that's it. And then on yeah, my team, honestly. Give me stats. What? Yeah, stats. Mikey was 8 of 14, 76 yards, two touchdowns, five carries, 58 yards, and he had a pick six. Damian had three sacks, one of them being a safety. Zach Shray, four catches, 27 yards, two touchdowns. Paul Carter had six tackles and uh, a 16-yard catch. Mahmoud had an interception and a pass breakup. Rags had two catches for 26 yards and a sack. And Melvin Molina had two rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown. As for my team, I was 20 of 26, 170 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, four carries, 44 yards. Mike Dino had five catches, 34 yards, interception, a pass breakup. Jack had three catches for 35 yards and a touchdown. Johnny Samarco, two catches, 23 yards. Guzman had a catch. Dom had four catches, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Eddie Welsh, four catches, 22 yards. And Matt Schaefer had a catch for nine yards. And Matt McFeely had a sack. All right. Let's Ron go. Harris had three tackles. Sorry, I want to get everyone's name in there. We good? Yep. All right, let's go to the next game. Bengals-Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars also in danger of becoming a defeated team. Yes. Uh, Bengals get back on track in a big way here, Kurtzman. Rob Lacanti played quarterback for the Jaguars, correct? Rob Lacanti did play quarterback. How'd he look? Um, I saw a lot of the same stuff. Uh, rolling out of pockets that might not necessarily been um, needed to be rolled out of. He did make a lot more play. He did make a lot of plays. Honestly, he made it, a lot of guys miss in the backfield. He was confident throwing the football. He got the ball to Dylan a bunch. Pretty sure Dylan had the most targets and catches on the team in this game. Yeah, and he, honestly, he 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 got rid of the ball. He didn't take any bad sacks, so I honestly thought he played all right. Um, I just thought that the Bengals' off defensive line was kind of able to manhandle the offensive line of the the Jaguars without Musi and without Colin Salmire in this game. So it was a it, they had to really work to move the ball. I thought they honestly kept themselves in the game for the majority of the game. I know the final score was thirty four to four uh, thirteen, but this game was eighteen to thirteen with two minutes to go. Okay. Um, there were two late touchdowns after onside kick and then a pick six by um, De Palma to kind of seal the deal. But this game was a lot closer than the final score. The Bengals, um, they came out and ran like power eye, like De Palma in the backfield, Trevor Garland under center. And like they ran behind their offensive line. It worked a little bit. De Palma scored on a touch. De Palma had a rushing touchdown. That's um, interesting. Yeah, like they like they had Joe Dell and the two Conker brothers, and they literally ran power eye. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was interesting to say the least. Um, they they ran some play action off of it, and actually also scored on a touchdown that way as well. So there is there, listen, I I I talked about it two years ago, two seasons ago, when it was the Cardinals with Piscopo, and they were running a lot of power like power rushing behind their great offensive line with Musi Tompkins and Douglas. And I said that they needed to add in that play action um, factor to their team and Garland and the Bengals did. And it honestly, like it worked how it worked in the NFL. Like it sucked at the safety in and then Mark DePalma went right over the top for a touchdown. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it, it was very impressive. I'm they were playing impressed. football. 
yeah, I was honestly impressed by the Bengals. They came out and they they changed how they were playing and they they decided the way they were playing wasn't working necessarily the way that they wanted it to. So they changed it up and they went with their strength. Their strength of their team is their offensive line. So why not play to your team strength? Yeah, I like that a lot, honestly. Um, I think anytime I think running, like you said, because running in this league is underrated because it makes you pull flags. Yes. And if you're playing against teams that aren't great flag pulling teams, you're getting yourself free scores and you and you're really you really eliminate all risk when you run the ball. Yeah, because there's no fumbles outside the yeah, as long as you're able to as long as you're able to make the handoff fine, there then there's no problem. Yeah, and all those guys played football. So they're all football players. So it's not yeah. like whereas it's like someone like you, Kurtzman, who you never played football, so you don't have hundreds of thousands of reps of turning around and handing the ball off. Yes. Someone like Trevor absolutely does. And a lot of those offensive linemen play. I'm pretty sure all those offensive linemen have played football, correct? And yes. like an organized level. Yeah. So, yeah, they could be an organized running team. And we talked about it even like in the first summer season of Bear Down when it was OBFFL with like uh, IB was running a lot of that stuff with that Raiders team. And um, just anytime you could have a team that's organized, that organized runs the ball. I think uh, it could cause a lot of problems for teams. And it's a good way to just gain yards on first down, get physical in the game. Like it, it, it sets its own early because when you have those guys, those three guys, uh, you know, just they're not on the retreat now. Now they're pushing out. They're run blocking. They're not pass protecting. Yeah. No, so no, no, it, it, yeah. It, it's, it it's a big, it's a big difference. Now they're taking the fight to you on every single play. So it, it tires your line down. Like I'm just, I'm definitely a, a big fan of that. No, I am. I think they can blow you off the ball. They have three guys that are really able to move guys. And if you're all, if you're playing them, you have to be prepared for anything. And that really also, it helps them in the sense that teams that rely on their speed rushers against the Bengals, if you get caught where you have too many speed rushers and not enough big guys on the field and Garland sees that, he can yeah. just tell his offensive line, push forward. Literally. Let's pick up nine. Like, Running running is very effective in this league. Running is very effective in all five football formats. And they are taking full advantage of the physicality rules of the league. And I honestly love to see it. So um, shout out for them to changing their team and giving themselves more versatility on offense. I love to see it. As for the Jaguars, honestly, I wish they just showed up. I know they have a couple injuries. I know they have, they have guys just missing games. Um, hopefully they are able to show up. Hopefully Rob is able to – get a little groove going at quarterback and maybe they pick up a win in the next couple of weeks, but I'm not, I'm not too optimistic about them right now. Like I said, they kept it close, but they got blown out at the end of the day. So you have stats. Yeah. Yeah. Garland was 10 of 16, 110 yards, three touchdowns, one rush for 13 yards. Um, Mike Calka had a pass breakup. Alice Calka caught a conversion. Mark Calka had two catches for 12 yards and six tackles. Don Palumbo had two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. Um, Mark De Palma had three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Also had five carries, 23 yards and a touchdown, and also had a pick six. And TJ Brown had two catches, 21 yards and a touchdown, as well as an interception. Mm. TJ Brown is in the running for sleeper of the year. I wonder who predicted that one. I don't know. Did you? Yes, you, I say this every time on the podcast and off the podcast. Okay, well, PJ Brown's having a good statistical season right now. PJ yeah, Brown's uh, a dog. He's he, he's definitely in contention for sleeper of the year. But um, 
yeah, good win by the Bengals. Like like you said with the Oilers, you got to take care of the bad teams in the league and the Bengals now move to four and one and are kind of putting themselves in the driver's seat to not have to play and play in, in the playing weekend. Nice. All right, let's go next game here, next slate. Let's go Panthers-Packers. Douglas told me, quote, on the DMs, upload the fucking film. <laughs> well, Douglas, the film is fucking uploaded. Film is uploaded. Um, he said he he said that he hoped that we had stats for this one because yeah. everyone went off and there were stats that he wanted to be talked about in this game. Kurt, you said the Packers started off this game sixty, I mean six to nothing, and then they went on a forty-three zero run. Correct? Yes, that is how the game happened. How the hell does that happen? Um, how does that happen? It, it, it honestly, man, the Packers punched him in the mouth early, got a quick score in the first drive of the game, and then the Panthers never looked back. The Panthers' defensive line was able to manhandle the the weak offensive line this week of the Panthers with no Noah Torino, no Chase. It was Matt Hughes, Justin Suarez, Tom Garvey. Just not guys that should be playing offensive line other than Matt Hughes, obviously. Um, and the defensive line of Brett Jarwar Douglas took full advantage of that. And they forced Joey into um, never feeling comfortable in the pocket running around immediately, bad decision-making, and they weren't able to slow it down. I thought they did a decent job trying to mix up the offense, but Joey is just a little too indecisive still back there and needs to be able to make quicker decisions. There's some plays where you don't need to necessarily care about the rush. I feel like Joey's still catching the snap and looking at the line before looking at his receivers. So it just comes with more reps. Luckily, they're already two and three. They've gotten two wins this season. So they're in position to make the playoffs, but not loving the way their team looks right now. I want to see with the full team. They looked good with a full team two weeks ago, but inconsistency with attendance is by your top players and especially your offensive linemen is never a good thing. The Panthers, on the other hand, they have their full team every week, hmm. and they are really – Shout out the Jawars dog that always comes in a Panthers jersey. Okay. I never noticed that one time, but that is phenomenal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, they have a really good team. Jawar, Michael Eva, Rhett, um, Denoya, Freeman. They got guys that are able to do a lot for them, and they're very versatile. They have a lot of – they have extra linemen with Rob Torino, Cody Van Do played some offensive line in this one. Um. Stepping in and making plays wherever they need, wherever they're needed. Michael Leva has been a beast all season. Douglas drafted him and said, "I'm going to use, I'm going to use him. I'm going to get him the ball and let him make plays." And Michael Leva has done nothing short of that. He was an absolute stud in this game. They uh, honestly, this was a great team win. I'll, I'll read the stats after the game, but everyone on this team contributed in some way, mm. and um, it was a really solid team victory. They kind of poured it on late. It was 27 to six. And then they scored a couple of touchdowns, got a safety late, kind of just were pouring it on the Packers who were defeated late in the game. Um, but the, like, like we said, that's what good teams do. You take care of the teams at the bottom of the standings or, or teams that are just below you in the standings, I should say. Panthers four and one in the season. They're looking like one of the better teams in the league. Douglas is looking good at quarterback, looking calm, getting the ball out fast, running when he needs to. And, um, that defense is able to carry them as far as they want to go. Do you think that they're a top three, four team in the league? Um, I think we should do power rankings and this podcast, but um, they're definitely in contention. I think at worst they're five. 
Yeah, I don't have a good feel on the power rankings. I haven't been there and watching the games in person. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a. I'll give power rankings. Yeah, I would like. I would like you to give power rankings. I will. I know. I will give power rankings into this podcast. So if you're listening to this, um, I will definitely give power rankings. I'll start writing them down right now as I'm talking about the games. But continue. I like. I like. I like how the Panthers they just come out handle business. Like I told you, they were the last. The last team that I seen play in person. They and they look good in that that game. Just in terms of the way they match up, like you said, if you have you know skinny guys on the offensive line, if you don't have like. A Bengals esque offensive line. How are you going to stop Rhett, Jarwar, and Douglas? Like it's it's tough. It's going to be tough. They're going to get pressure. Look at guys like well, your team's like your team, Chris. When you're you're having to rush four guys to try to get pressure, they could rush three at any time. They could even rush two if they wanted to, and and probably still get pressure. But um, big win for the Panthers. Packers. I guess we're, we're disappointed. They didn't have their full line. Uh, we're disappointed in in a thirty point loss. What's that? Excuse me. Excuse me, no edits here. Sneezing through the podcast. But, um, yeah, you know, with the Packers, we, we were high on them. We liked the way they looked with their full team. We're missing guys again this week. Tough. Chase I, played one game this year. Chase played one game. Noah Torino out. They obviously, a big deal for them having to move Tom Garvey to offensive line. That sounds tough, especially against those guys in the defensive line of the Panthers. Um, I think we got to start, like I said, with James' MVP candidate. I think um, Douglas is in play for the one seed. Um. They or top two seed. Douglas uh, is currently the three seed in terms of standings with like the points. Yeah, he could he could if he he could win out though and, and have one loss. And if the Seahawks lose along the way, right? Isn't that isn't that yeah, in, that's definitely yeah, yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it's like I think we gotta start talking about Douglas as an MVP candidate as well. Definitely a top five MVP guy, guy who does it on both sides of the ball. So shout out to Nick Douglas, shout out to everyone on the Panthers just for continuing their great season and being a dominant team in this league to this point. You have stats, Kurtz? Yeah. Um, stats. For the Panthers, Douglas was 13 of 19, 134 yards, two touchdowns. Also ran seven times for 41 yards and three touchdowns. Also had three tackles and a sack that resulted in a safety. Jarwar had two catches for 10 yards. They were both conversions in which he mossed multiple people both times. Also had a sack. Rhett had um, a touchdown catch and a pick six and a sack. Michael Leave had five catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Also had three conversions caught. Joey Noya had one catch for 25 yards and a pass breakup and four tackles. Mike Freeman had two catches for 43 yards. Cody Van Note had one catch for five yards. And Angel Diaz had two tackles. As for the Packers, yeah. Tip, eight of 15, 50 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Also ran. Nine times for 95 yards. Hughes had a catch. Tom Garvey had three catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. Also had a pass breakup. Isaiah Copes had a catch for three yards. Justin Suarez had two catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. And Luigi had one catch for seven yards. Rich Buffy had a pass breakup. Uh, so Joe Pip had two touchdowns. Sees. <laughs> All right. Go to the next game here, Kurtzman. Big win for the Saints, 18 to 12 victory over the Steelers. Um, <laughs> Kurtzman, Deshaun getting his second win. We talked about two being the magic number. Right now, do you think that, you know, that nah, doesn't lock up, that dude, doesn't lock it up, no, right? No, no. Like, there's already 11 teams with two wins or more. Oh, so it's going to be three. Yeah, so three is currently the magic number, but it could end up being four if, if the teams in the bottom start being the teams at the top. The magic number could become four. That would be electric. Yeah, um, no, I, what what happened in this game? Um, 
Steelers receivers can't catch. Still. There were three drop touchdowns in this game. Oh, God. Um, oh, no. But I don't want to take anything away from the Saints because they honestly played a really good game. And for what Deshaun is going through with his hamstring right now, not really even being able to move, the offense has honestly moved down the field a lot in each of their last couple games. I like the way they're going. They didn't have a full team this week. They only had eight, so it forced Micah to play a little more line than he normally has to. Um, still, sometimes I feel like the snaps aren't great for Deshaun, so I like to see that improve by their team. But overall, um, their guys are starting to come into form. Buddy looks really good on both sides of the ball. He's an absolute playmaker. Jaleel has become more comfortable in his second season. Micah, Harnish, and Amir. Amir had a strip sack fumble recovery for touchdown in this game on Suroff. Um they're becoming a team. They like each other. They believe in each other. They, they're behind Deshaun. That's their guy. And they think that they can win every game. And I think that's different a different thing than they did when they were on Purdue. <clears throat> Sorry for my voice. <laughs> um, but I, I, I like the trajectory of this team. I know they took a bad loss last week to the Rams. but um, Bounce back win. Bounce back win for them against the Steelers team that uh, I, I'm high on. But they can't catch the football. And – the one thing I'm, I saw, it was um, there were a couple of plays in this game where I felt like Surov normally would have zipped the ball in, right? But he didn't feel but confident. He, but he, but he's not confident in his receivers to catch that hard-thrown ball, so he lobs it in. And there was one play in particular, I'm not sure who caught the ball, but he was running across the field, and if Surov would have zipped it to him and got it to him faster, he could have had a chance to turn upfield and score a touchdown. But because he had to lob it in because he he just didn't trust his receiver to make the play, he lobbed it in. He had a toe tap on the sideline. He's out the five-yard line. So it's little things like that, and it hurts the confidence of your quarterback when he doesn't believe in the guys to catch the football. So all I can say about the Steelers is catch the damn football. But the Steelers are a great defensive team. As I'm looking at the standings right now, they've actually allowed the second-fewest points in the league and actually have allowed the fewest points of teams that have played all five games because the Ravens only played in four games and they're the only team with less allowed points on the season. So the Steelers defense is locked up. They get Austin back this week also. Mm. Um, and we've Austin's back already. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Appendicitis, but I think they caught it early before it at first. So yeah. I think that saved him a few weeks on the recovery. Um, so they're a team that could be on the rise because if they learn to catch the football, then I think they're going to score more points on offense because, as I say, that they're one of the – I mean, at what point do you start catching the ball, though? I I, I don't know. Like, may, maybe – I think Ivan I needs to play more offense. I know he was on limited snaps because his ankle's still kind of bothering him, but he might need to play. He catches the ball better. He I know he has somewhat reliable hands. And Bowen needs to catch the football. Can't be any more drops out of Bowen. I'm sick and tired of it. It's too good to be dropping the football. Hmm. But I was saying before you, before, um, you started talking again, they're one of the best defenses in the league, the Steelers, but at the same time, they're also one of the lowest scoring offenses in the league. So you, you, it's not, it's good to be good on defense, but you got to start winning. Yes. They're putting on more points and it's not Sarah's fault this time. Unlike last year with the ducks, it was his fault this year. It's definitely not his fault. So um, they need to step up, but good win for the saints. You take advantage of teams that aren't able to make plays and you make enough plays to win the game. They have a lot of energy. That team yeah. is really loud. Yeah. On the field. And I like that that coincides with winning in this league. And I'm excited to see where Deshaun can take this team. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm really happy for that. When I was sent the scoreboard and, and saw the scores of the game this week, I'm pretty sure I picked the Steelers. Um, oh, no, you and Ty picked the same. Oh, I, I did take the same? Yes, you did. Oh, speaking of that, I forgot to say it, but um, shout out to Sal for uh, sending me the updated records again. I am 26 and nine on the you season. You are 26 and nine. I am 26 and nine on the season. So I might be a God, but. Oh, I don't have stats. I'm in first place, by the way. 26 and nine puts me in first place. But um, we don't have we don't have stats on this game. But no, I'll have big, it up on YouTube. Big shout out to the Saints for for bouncing back, staying into it, coming with energy this week after getting your ass kicked last week and beating a good team in the Steelers here. So yeah. um, they look they look good moving forward here. I'm I'm very happy for the Saints and as for the Steelers, Griffin, like you said, they just got to pick it up. No, they do. Um, they do have to pick it up. But I already talked about it. Catch the fucking football and keep playing good defense because when that defense is out there and they're healthy and they're getting after the quarterback with their full roster, I really like that team. But they can't catch. So until further notice, I don't like that team. All right. Let's go to the last game of the day here, Kurtzman. Uh, Possibly some teams, some people would have them as one and two in the power rankings. Um, Big time matchup here. Rams versus the Ravens. What happened in this one, Grossman? Um, electric game. Electric game. Right? Ravens, Ravens come out hot. IB comes out hot. These teams are scoring, going up and down the field. Um, defense was a little optional early. The team settled in. Liam Knowles scored two touchdowns early. IB had a long rushing touchdown. Honestly, the game was was moving back and forth. A lot of yards, a lot of fireworks in this game. Every play seemed like it could be a game that turned the tide. It was a, it was, I don't want to say like a championship preview or anything like that, but mm. these are two, te- in my opinion, two of the best teams in the league and two of the most complete teams in the league. So it was interesting to see them go against each other in the middle of the season when both teams are kind of established. Usually you get these matchups earlier in the, se- in the season for some reason when the teams aren't as established, but um, overall, Either team could have won this one. I think the Rams honestly were disappointed in how they played and they were able to come out with a victory. The Ravens looked really good all game on both sides of the ball. Just Leota had a, a late interception that IB could have just kneeled on and ended the game, but instead gave us a little more heroics. He had a pick six. They went up nine on the conversion. Um, then Leota comes back down in like 30 seconds and scores, gets the onside kick, but there wasn't enough time to really get anything going to win the game. But Overall, these are two of the best teams in the league, and they got playmakers everywhere on the field. Justin was very quiet in this game. I know his hamstring uh, was bothering him, but didn't even get the targets. Only had three targets in this game. IB does that where he just doesn't throw on the ball. Sometimes. Um, it, it's interesting because he's such a weapon out there. All Only times he got thrown the ball were the first conversion of the game, a wide-open touchdown down the field, and a fourth and long in which he just chucked it up to Justin where it was three guys. It honestly hit Justin in the hands. I'm surprised. I called it a drop, and wow. he called it a drop. But Liam was there to make a play on it. But um, overall, with both of these teams, I like both of them. The Ravens should not be disgruntled by the loss. It was a great game, absolute great effort. Would be remiss to forget that Chris Johnson made an absolute crazy one-handed Odell Beckham-esque snag on interception early in the game. Had the crowd fired up. Um, give the Give the Rams credit, though. Second time this season, they've gone down by 11. They went down 18-7 in this game, but they were able to score right before the half and then followed that up with a score right after half and kind of put themselves in the driver's seat in this game. And 
against the Seahawks, they weren't able to do that. So, um, if if this game was played, if this game was played ten times, you think it goes five five, five five six four? Yeah, two two very evenly matched teams. Yeah, no, the Ravens, two very complete teams. Two Um, two teams that you think higher of after this game. Oh yeah, when you hear my power rankings, you'll know how I feel about both these teams. Okay, Um, but I like I said. Neither team should like like um, like I said the Ravens should not feel down about the game. I know you come out with a loss, but um, they were right there. They were down 25-24, and then Leota throws in a pick six, and then Leota drives them back down, scores, gets the onside kick, and then it just didn't have enough time. Really, kind of ran out of time. I think it was another thirty seconds in that game. We might be talking about the Ravens winning. So um, need to see more out of the Rams though. I feel like they're a little complacent right now. You need, you need the light the fire back under the rest? Yeah, I hope this game did that, but... Um, Dean, Dean Weatrowski was at my house talking about that. What? He just said they were sloppy. Yeah, they were sloppy. Just after the game, we were talking, we were on our way to the G League, and um, he was like, I wish we lost. Mm. So that it woke them up a little bit. They they can't think they can't think that it's easy-peasy, and it's all going to be easy when they step on the field. I know they got IB and Justin, but... The other, the other guys on the team need to step up. Ivy needs to have this team more prepared. And uh, I, not, not that they're vulnerable by any means, but I, I want to see their, their – I need them to – I need a little fire lit under their ass for the next game. Give me stats. Another game with crazy stats. Leota was 24 of 30 for 293 yards, five touchdowns, one pick, also rushed three times for 37 yards. Liam Knowles had seven catches, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. Also had a pass breakup. Vinarina had a five-yard catch for a conversion and a sack. Rich Raider, five catches, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Malozzi in his uh, bear down debut, three catches, 36 yards, was a menace on the D-line. Um, Anthony Hadiniak had four catches for 46 yards. Chris Johnson had two catches, 15 yards, also had an interception and a pass breakup. And Rodriguez had a sack and a pass breakup and three tackles. And Justin Santiago had two catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown. For the Rams, IB was 12 of 22, 137 yards and two touchdowns. Also rushed four times for 69 yards and two touchdowns and had a pick six. Justin Ferrara, quiet game, two catches, 37 yards and a touchdown. Hope to see the targets back up for him. Billheimer had two catches for 13 yards and a sack. Dean Wiatrowski had a catch for 14 yards, was a menace on both sides of the ball on the line. Ryan Rajard, four catches, 26 yards and a touchdown. Prem had two pass breakups and six tackles. Want to shout out Prem early in this game. He was absolutely everywhere on defense. So, um, shout out Prime. He's a great player on both sides of the ball. Dev Span had three catches for 47 yards and a pass breakup. And Earl had three sacks and a tackle. Shout out, Earl. Mm. I'm interested to hear your power rankings. Okay. My power rankings are not based on standings. I don't care about the standings. I care about what I've seen out of your team and who I would least like to see. I think a lot of teams would like to see you, so. Oh, yeah, I bet they would. <laughs> um, number one, I have the Rams. Okay. Number two, I have the Seahawks. Okay. Number three, I have the Panthers. Okay. Number four, I have the Ravens. Yep. Number five, I have the Oilers. Okay. Number six, I have the Bengals. Number seven, I have the Steelers. Number, yeah. eight, I, number eight, I have the Bucks. Number nine, I have the Saints. Number 10, I have the Bears. Number 11, I have the Packers. Number 12, I have the Washington football team. Number 13, I have the Cowboys. And number 14, I have the Jaguars. That sounds very solid to me. 
So just again, I'll give you the top eight real quick. Rams, Seahawks, Panthers, Ravens, Oilers, Bengals, Steelers, Bucks, Saints, Bears at 10, Packers 11. Okay. Those are the te- those are all the teams with two wins or more. Um, the standing here now, I'll give you the full standing. The yeah. actual standings are Seahawks one, Rams two, Panthers three, Bengals four, Oilers five, Steelers six, Ravens seven, Bucks eight, Packers nine, Bears ten, Saints eleven, football team twelve, Cowboys thirteen, Jaguars fourteen. This takes into consideration head to head record and points differential if needed for the tiebreaker. Reminder. Um, if the teams are tied, it goes head-to-head first. If not head-to-head, then it goes by point differential. If not that, then points four. And if not that, if that is tied, it goes to a point flip. Mm. All right. Good pod. Way to go, Kurtz. Way yeah. to get that. Way yeah, to come up. Yeah, I cooked up a little. I felt like I really had a good a good, uh, yeah, good outing here. vibe on the games. Um, my dad, yeah. you, know, you know what my dad's going to do. You know what he's going to do. He's gonna get on the recap pod. I mean, I mean the preview pod for the next week, and, and, then, and, and recap and recap the games because he didn't get a chance to do it. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Well, you didn't wake me up for the week. You didn't wake yeah, me up for the you started too fucking late. You started too fucking late. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he is going to say. Uh, um, everyone, we'll be back tomorrow night for another podcast. Yeah, we will. Um, sounds good to me. All right. Everyone, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. We will catch you tomorrow night for the week six preview. Peace, everybody.